G'day everybody, welcome back to the Hello JW podcast. We're back with another guest episode today. Again, I say this at the start of every episode because we have a very special guest on today, a, a very close friend of mine and a man I have a lot of respect for and a lot of love for and a lot of time for. And I'm sure we'll get into the conversations about our journey to getting this podcast happening today. Uh, but I'd love to welcome Ollie McNichol to the podcast today. Thank you, man. That's awesome. That's a beautiful introduction. <laughs> well, um, my pleasure. Yeah, really, really receiving that. Thank you, man. It means a lot to, to hear from you. So thank you. I'm Cross. excited. And first podcast in probably well over a year. Really? Yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah like that. And the last one wasn't even my own, so. Yeah, right. How yeah. long has it been since you've done your own? That would be coming to probably a year and a half. Yeah, wow. I've done shorter snippets of some sound bites but mm. as far as a sit down podcast with a guest or even just myself and like talking for an hour it's been a while yeah sick mm. cool well i feel feel very honored to, <laughs> to have you on now even more so <laughs> cool i think um i would love to hear firstly everything that's sort of happening in your life currently i think that'd be a really good place to start and then then we'll go back and we'll talk about the last yeah six months or 12 months for you I feel like yeah what's what's Ollie doing now what's Ollie all about hmm. as we sit here today great question <laughs> Ollie is right now anyway right now Ollie is hugely about how can I best serve other high performers and how can I best provide a service that gives back to those that are giving so much. Um, that's where my heart lies right now. And that's that's what really lights me up. And, and that fire just burns so bright for being able to give back to those who have done so much for this earth and this planet and everyone who was once at a, at a place that could potentially have been so dark and so many times almost to the point of not wanting to any longer be here and so to, to give something to those who are, are leading people to a better, stronger, more powerful direction, I couldn't be on, more honoured to, to be doing that. So Beautiful. Mm. I love that. And that, I would love to hear, obviously for people listening as well, but I said to you yesterday, I was like, I'm more keen just to sit down and chat with you as well as record this for everyone to hear. Mm. Like, I would love to hear you expand on what that actually entails for high performers because it's definitely something that I'll be doing. Like, I can sit here right now and say with conviction that mm. soon we finish this podcast, we'll be booking in a date for it to happen. And yeah, I would love to hear, yeah, you expand on what the actual details are. And I'm sure there'll be high perform I know that there's going to be high perform I know you're listening to this high performance <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be high performance oh, yeah. listening to this like and I'm sure they would love to hear like what it actually is because you know there's a lot of noise out there about like you know high performers and leaders and leadership containers and mentorships and all that kind of thing but I know that you've come from a space of doing it from a, a spot of absolute integrity and I would love to hear, yeah, 
you expand on that and how you've first, well yeah how you've gotten to this spot to be able to provide this for high performers and what it entails as well mm. yeah integrity is a is a huge one and I think that ties in a lot with we we're speaking about it yesterday but giving credit to to those who have assisted not only me on this journey but also just giving credit to those who are who are doing the work in a, in a, a very genuine um, a very genuine and intentional way because as you said there's a lot of noise and a lot of people who are doing it because it looks really cool to yeah. be a coach it looks really cool to um, hold uh, men's circles men's gatherings men's retreats um, and it's a very cool appealing thing and as much as I appreciate that there are some people who who will attend one of those that probably aren't ready for the work like uh, like what you're offering and what you're providing and the service that you have there are a lot of people that aren't ready for that yet oh, yeah and I think it's fantastic that there can be some stepping stones along the way. But in saying that, I also feel strongly that it's important to recognize where, what the intention is and where it's coming from. Is it coming from a place of, I want to do this because it would be sick to leave my nine to five and also... Um, it's quite a sexy thing on social media or is it like I've really had a rough time and I've been blessed to be guided by some of the best in the world um, or otherwise just some of the the best that I've ever met and now I feel it's my duty and and it's my calling to give back they're two very different intentions hugely different mm. yeah I love that mm. What was the question today? Did, <laughs> did I answer it? Yeah, you did. You answered it beautifully. It was was yeah. the question how I, how I feel I can provide that myself? Yeah, it was the details. Yeah, ah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So it's like you've got this, you've got this service you're providing to high performers, and it's coming from that place that you just explained, like, and the difference between yeah, doing it because oh, this will get me, this will get me a few likes and shares on mm. on social media versus doing it from a place of. I'll say this as well to add on to what you said, knowing with conviction that you have gifts to offer the world and then actually giving those gifts back. Mm -hmm. And I feel you're absolutely like doing that. Like I said it to you yesterday, like I'm so glad that you finally like <laughs> decided to like utilize the beautiful gift that you have. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just think it's great. And I would love to hear, yeah, then that was the next part of the question. Like, yeah, what, what is it actually? Mm. Like, what is it? Yeah. So where I'm currently at is the most training, the most learning that I've done is around the art of breathwork. And the amount of, of different kinds of breathwork is, is enormous. And I've been so willing and eager to explore it all. There's nothing... Um, in that realm anyway, where I've been like, uh, I'm not even going to attempt that. But there have been some where I've, I've done it and experienced it and been guided by the best. And sometimes even trained 
uh, done the training to to be able to provide it myself and some of those are okay and some of them are like I was speaking to you about it yesterday but some of them are just really energizing and really nice and like just gets you pumped up and um, you feel great it's fantastic but then there are some and this is what this is what I really want to um, be providing to those high-performing people and coaches, facilitators, mentors. Um, uh, and that's what used to be called rebirthing breathwork. And in my experience, that has been the most powerful breathwork experience that one could have. And it goes without saying that it's one of the most the the ancient wisdom that comes with it is 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 also very profound um the books that no one that no one has ever heard of or or know about and the the incredible uh the teachers and trainers that we have in this space they're all like 60 70 80 plus um shamans yeah and (laughs) and the only people that they have to reference are those who once taught them who are long gone. So it's very it's very humbling to to be able to hear what they have to, to teach us. And and it's also that's why I feel it's so important to, to respect and give credit to this kind of breathwork because it's it's so ancient and the reason I want to bring it to high performers especially is that it it has been proven to be deeper than than any than any other breathwork I've come across so far, and meditation that I've come across so far, and I feel it's very important that a high performing individual, and when I say high performing, I'm talking about those who have done so much inner work and are at the peak of their their mental activity and and where they're operating from that meditating just 15 to 20 minutes a day as fantastic as that is it's also i believe not giving a high performer as much as it's giving just an everyday average show Um, and that's where this rebirthing breath work which can sometimes go from an hour to three hours is where the very high-performing, mentally active individual is able to go through the motions of, of having and experiencing what they would get from a meditation, a deep meditation, but then also go to a different place mm. where all they've ever learned and all they've ever identified with, it's still there, it still exists, but it's almost separated for whatever else whatever else is required to come up for that in that moment and in that in that timeline. I love hearing that. I I just had this picture in my mind as you were talking and and this is 
from personal experience as well, hearing you talk about like the 15 to 20 minute meditation and just, you know, for, yeah, I'm confident to say that I am absolutely a high performer and, you know, Heck yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> and like the 15 to 20 minute meditation, it's like, eh. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do it. Mm. Like, oh yeah, cool. Just chuck it in, like do it, done. And it's like, it's just a thing uh, and not really giving it much intention or power or anything like that. Mm. And then I hear you talk about the breath work and I'm like, holy mac and cheese balls. Like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, I feel like yeah, the picture that came to my mind is I pictured having one of those little snorkels on where you have the goggles and the little thing in your mouth and the little pipe that just goes up a little bit. Yeah. And you can just sort of put your head down and you bob along on the surface and you're like, oh, look at the seafloor. It looks so pretty. Ha ha ha. And then the breath work you're talking about is like the full scuba setup with yeah, flippers, wow. wetsuit, the tanks, the like... Uh, what do they call it? The rebreed, like everything. Mm. And it's like, oh, cool. No, we're going to go down there. There's a cave in there. And we're actually going to go into that cave and you're going to figure out what's in that deep, dark cave that you've never been into before. That's, That's perfect. Yeah. And I think about, even just sitting here, me being like, yeah, I'm absolutely going to be doing some breathwork stuff with you for sure. Mm. I'm like, oh yeah, there's going to be some caves that we're going into. Mm. Yeah. And like the way that I see it is like, yeah, you will be able to provide all the tools for high performers, for like leaders in this space to go, yo, here's the tanks, here's the wetsuit, here's the flippers. I'm going to have a metaphorical rope that you only get to see two meters in front of you pop up and you've just got to have full trust to follow that rope. Mm. You're only going to be able to see two meters in front of you at any time. And then the rope's going to split at different points and there's going to be an option for you to go this way or this way. Mm. And then there's also going to be an option for you to just hit this button and you come all the way back to the surface straight away if you want to tap out. Mm. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> That's a bit nerve-wracking. <laughs> but at the same time, like me feeling that, and I'm sure there's people listening to this would probably have the same feelings pop up. It's like... Mm. For me, if I have those kinds of feelings, I know that I just need to like dive in mm. for, for like a better word with that metaphor. Exactly. It's like, yeah. It's like, why not just take people to those depths? Because you can't get to those depths in a meditation. Mm-hmm. Like, well, actually, no, that's a lie. You could. Like, mm-hmm. If you had someone guiding you and someone who was, yeah, really adept at that kind of thing, you'd absolutely get there. But I feel like it's the same thing. Like someone who's really good at guiding you in a visualization or a meditation, they're giving you maybe the highest quality snorkel yes versus adding something like breath Mm -hmm. they're like oh cool so now you've got the snorkel now you've got tanks Mm. yeah it's like adding it's like adding a wing on the back of your sports car that's going to give you more downforce right Mm. like you're still going to be able to go fast without the big wing on the back but adding the wing actually helps does that make sense yeah i feel like that's a great way to explain it that's a, a fantastic way to explain it and yeah you're right look none of this is bagging on meditation or any visualizations i think no one should ever stop doing them yes and they are absolutely incredible um yeah i'm not saying anything about that being disregarded um but what is really cool is like like you were saying for you to meditate is easy but for someone who's never meditated meditation is the scary thing yes so it's 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 providing that next it's providing that next level of like level of sitting with something that that could be very new to you mm. and that's that's where i'm really coming at when i say like 
meditation is fantastic. Um, when it's fresh to you, it's even better. But then when, when you're ready for something else, there's more there. Um, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Love that. I'd love to hear how you actually got to this point. Mm. Like, yeah. What's the last six months been like for Ollie? Or even t- however far back you feel you need to start to, to allow yourself to really explain how you got here. Because I sit across from you mm. now and I'm like, the energy from you is completely different and I'm sure there's other people that would feel the same mm. yeah like I see it even yesterday when we were you know together and having big chats it was like I was like oh, like I'm so glad you're here and I'm so glad we're having this chat because yeah it's almost like re-meeting you in a, in a sense right mm. so I would love to hear yeah what what the last 6-12 months have been mm. like to get you to this point yeah wow because for context as well for people that might not know is Ollie facilitates all the breath work at my at my events at Invictus and for those that have attended Invictus <laughs> that all listen to this podcast because <laughs> I know you do they all know like all the guys that attend just always talk about like how fantastic it is mm. and I even reflect now on that first Invictus to the last Invictus mm. how different it was and how much, yeah, better you were able to like hold the space and, and provide what you provided. Mm. So yeah, I would love to, uh, let's go 12 months. What's the last 12 months? Wow. Yeah. Oh, man, thank you. That's awesome to hear. Of course. So awesome. And I love that I can keep hearing that. Like, and, and that comes from a very humble place when I say that. I love that I can keep hearing from people that I, I am so inspired by like yourself and people that I'm so um, so grateful to, to share the space with to hear from them that they they see me in a, in a new more evolved developed place um, almost yeah every six 12 months that's that's awesome um, and yeah okay so 12 months. Hmm. 12 months. Right. I guess a great way to explain my development to to sit in front of people like yourself and then hear you're different than you were before <laughs> is I think my I have a drive these days. And I say these days as in, like, since I first realized, oh, life doesn't have to be really, really painful. <laughs> um, so since then, uh, I I love the the exploration and the the commitment to try and to try and bring that feeling of okay. I know I'm saying a whole lot of things. And I'm trying to bring it together. But the way I'm going to do this is, you know when you randomly get an instant feeling of you feel so good? Mm. Like it just, it's sometimes so random. Or sometimes it's after a coffee and, you know, that makes sense. But it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, today. Let's, yeah, sick. All right, what are we doing? Let's let's do it. Um, I feel like there's, 
there's power to those moments that we can tap into, but kind of just separate those moments as, as those moments and that's it. Mm. And I am really passionate about trying to bring those post-coffee um, highs to a more consistent uh, a more consistent flow and, and bringing it into like every day as a as a choice so and that's not saying that there's that's not saying that it exists um, ever more forever it's not it's not saying that my my every day is filled with those moments and nothing else but it's the intention to to recognize that if they can be felt in a, in, in a moment, and if they can be felt after a coffee, they can be felt at other times as well. So, and that thought plays in my head a lot. So I think that's, it's got to be a reason why I keep up with this, uh, this development and, and exploration. I feel that's got, that's got to play a part because it's always in my head. Mm. Um, and it used to be a, a thought of why do I keep, why do I get that feeling and I feel so good and then it goes away. That really sucks, man. Like I want to, ah, like I get that and then it's gone and, and I feel like shit again. Mm. Um, that's what it used to be. And now it's like, oh, I just got a really awesome high. Let's, let's, let's try to keep that up. Mm. Um, Mm. but yeah to sum up the last 12 months I'm not I'm not entirely sure other than giving every finer detail I think it's just I think it's leaning into to the shifts that I feel are potentially necessary in given like in any given moment and how timelines uh, are exactly that they're just moments in time that that shift and and leaning into when a change is when when I'm feeling when I'm feeling a, a feeling of like I think I need to do something different I think I need to move from this place I think I need to shift this energy I've, I've gotten quite, I've adapted to seeing those, feeling those, and then finding a way to see them through. Mm. And that's been prevalent in the last 12 months, I guess you could say. Hell yeah. Mm. Beautiful. <laughs> that was a really good way to sum it up. Sick. Hell I'm yeah. glad. <laughs> and you mentioned life doesn't have to be painful. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're like, oh, without going into details, I'm like, well, <laughs> well now, sir. <laughs> we are we are not going surface level on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you said if if you're willing to share, like mm. obviously whatever you're willing to share, mm. like what moment did you realize that life didn't? Maybe there was a pivotal moment or a series of of events that happened. But yeah, mm. I'd love to hear. When did you realize that life doesn't have to be painful anymore? Hmm. I realized it when a couple of people came into my life 
and I'm more than happy to, to say the names because I love get it, giving credit to those. So there was Tom, Tom Clark, and Julie Way, who is currently still my breathwork trainer. Um, and they both offered such a an eye-opening such an eye-opening way of of seeing the world and one of them was one of them was there's a there's a vic, there's a victimization and and there's a it was the whole recognition of you can play victim and it's entirely a choice and so that was a huge one it was just like that there was no time in my life before that when I didn't when I wasn't playing the victim and so there was that and then the other side of the thing side of things was a very was lucidity and that's when I realized that there's quite a bit of potential outside of what I already know and and those two combined like knowing I don't have to play vic I don't have to be a victim and there's also more to life that I don't know. Those two things combined really challenged the belief that it has to be painful. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> mm. Cool. Yeah. And what was your process for that? So, you, you know, there's... Let's go with like some, you know, tangibility kind of thing. Sure. Right? Like... Yeah, what did you what did you tangibly do to get yourself out of that yeah, being the victim mm-hmm. kind of state? Mm. Yeah. The victim the victimization of myself for me it was straight up ownership. And recognition of, of the parts of my life that uh, you hear that saying all the time and you know there's there's probably a reason but I think we kind of brush over it but um, oh and now it's gone so how fun's that um, <laughs> that where is it it's gone what was that saying so yeah taking ownership for when I was making something about myself and deciding in any horrible situation that that's, that's what I was, that's the saying, like everything happens for you, not to you. Mm-hmm. And it's the switch of, of those two words, you know, four and two. And it, it went from everything happens to me to everything happens for me. And it was the ownership of the parts of me that didn't want to recognize that both everything wasn't my fault, but everything also was my fault. And I say that, I can give an example here. So my, yeah, a very relatable example is a breakup, a big breakup. And when, when you're playing, when you feel as though you're a victim, a breakup can be so 
horribly gut-wrenching, painful, and feel like everything has just finished and ended and uh, has come crashing down. And I remember, I remember very, very distinctly sitting in, in my car after a big breakup had gone down and I was on the phone to one of those helplines, those call helplines that um, they just offer a bit of like a, a listening ear, I guess. And I remember sitting there and I remember the voice in my head, younger Ollie saying that it was all my fault and that everything here is horrible and this all happened because I didn't do things well or right or in a way that would uh, have otherwise led to a better scenario or a better outcome. And not, not entirely sure where I was going with that, but I guess, yeah, so I was giving the example of, of what it looks like to be playing victim, to be feeling like a victim so much so that it looks and feels as though life is completely against you and your back is up against a wall. Um, yeah, so it was the tangible, the tangible like uh, learning there and, and the action required was, oh, this, this is it. It's, it's forgiveness for those times when I, when I felt as though I was a victim. It was both forgiveness of myself and also forgiveness of anyone who was involved in the situation. No one was ever out to get me. No one was ever out to, to break my heart. No one was ever out to um, go to sleep at night knowing that they'd made Ollie upset. That was never anyone's intention. And so ownership is always required. Ownership is always required to no longer be a victim. And um, yeah, to instead take complete personal responsibility for where you are as painful and, and horrible as, as it can be sometimes and, and the situations that you can be in and will be in and I will be in, certainly uh, there's going to be times that really, really hurt and really suck. And so it's the... And I will never play victim again, but it is important... It's really important to, to have the awareness now that when I feel a bit of, feel a bit of like why me coming up, it's really quickly like nipping it in the bud and, um, and giving that self reassurance of like, you know, this, you know, that it hasn't happened to you because you deserved for a bad thing to happen. Um, no one does. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully put. Really? Because that yeah. felt so messy. Ah, <laughs> funkiness is beautiful in its own way. 
absolutely. Um, I'm actually so glad to hear you share that. I think that's, yeah, it's good for me. And I'm, if it's good for me, then it's going to be good for everyone listening to this, mm. I'm, I'm sure of it. So thank you. I really appreciate that. Good pleasure. And I, I, I can resonate a lot with that playing the victim as well too. Like, yeah. Especially the part about like, no one's out to get me. Like, there's actually no one out there that has the intention of being like, I can't wait for Jacob to feel sad because that's going to be a great moment for me. Like, there's no one out there wanting that. And to, to like, know that is, is so powerful in itself. So, yeah, I love that. Mm. And I'd love to hear you talk about the lucidity part you spoke on too. Mm. About, yeah, life can be whatever I want it to be or whatever you said mm. I would love to hear yeah what you're doing now to really implement that and embody that that's yeah good question so that's the lucidity is is just like unlimited potential mm. and uh, and the and man it's a belief you got to believe that it is unlimited unlimited potential and not in the way where you're thinking like I could jump off the roof and I'll fly if I want to yeah. um, but like <laughs> I think I think that we all I think there's always just room for so much more belief in ourselves and in everybody else as well. And when you believe in so much more about yourself and everyone else, that alone just like raises the potential of great things happening. Insanely, an insane amount. Um, whereas if if all you believe is people will go about your day and people don't care a whole lot about you and that people do bad things it's quite a it's quite a boring life to live and it's quite a it's quite a plain and uh and bland Mm. sort of way of seeing things and Hey, it's true. Everyone does only care about themselves, but <laughs> um, but no, um, there's. I, I don't mean that literally. You know, we we ex- we extend our love for for. Uh, we extend our love for others by extending our love for ourselves. So when I say that, it's like it starts with us exactly, and then it extends, but. I think it's just, it's, the lucidity is like, more of the better things are possible. Um, just like I was saying before, that feeling after a coffee is, that feeling alone feels lucid. It's like, whoa, I feel better than I did moments ago. Mm. And meditation is actually fantastic for an entry to that because meditation is or stillness alone just sitting with nothing not doing any intentional thinking breathing processing but sitting with nothing at all it allows for lucidity to to really come into play and when there's no when you go into something without too much intention which I feel is also really important and it has its place, not having too much intention. Intention's great, 
Intention's great when you want to get something done, but it's not so great when you want to figure things out that you didn't know yet. And so to, to leave intention at the door, same thing as leaving ego at the door, leaving intention at the door can open, can open things up tenfold. And that's why I'm huge on, on stillness as well. Mm. And like, sit, shut up, just like allow whatever's there to, to float by. Some of it will make sense. Some of it will be weird, but that's what lucidity is. It's when those weird moments of like, I feel really good after a coffee. That's when those, uh, those will, will show up. Um, so yeah, lucidity to me has just meant have greater beliefs. Um, because it's a choice what we believe so if I have greater beliefs then nothing but greater things can potentially happen yeah. but otherwise there's no potential of them happening yeah it's like greater beliefs greater potential yeah greater, greater space allowed for potential to like seep in and, and flow in right mm. versus uh, I would love to add this onto what you said around stillness like stillness allows for those beliefs to change mm. stillness allows the space for lucidity to to flow in and and all of the great things that stillness allows but then distraction sort of closes the window on the change and the the flow of lucidity and you sort of like the back door cracks open and ego starts to come in mm. and it sort of starts to toxify the environment you know we can talk about all things distraction whether it's social media or porn or or TV shows and, and mm. drama-filled things and stuff like that. It's, and then we start talking about the focus on other people's lives rather than yourself, like you said, because like it starts with you. Everything starts mm. with you, and the more you can expand and grow yourself, the more you're going to be able to expand onto others and, and show love for others and and power to others and, and all that kind of thing. So, mm. well yeah. said. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So the malleability then, I guess, is like really the whole uh, lucidity thing. Like you were saying that the belief systems, they, uh, because when you're still, your brain becomes very malleable and then the belief systems can change sometimes on their own as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good call. It's like, don't be so stuck in your ways and don't be so stuck in your beliefs. Mm. You can... And I think there's different levels of beliefs. There's ones that feel like they're coming from your your heart and like they're so grounded and rooted. Um, and those, yeah, hold on to them for your life. But then there's others that are like, it wouldn't hurt anyone or yourself to allow them to shift and change. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, ones that are a little bit oh, like like airy. Mm. Yeah, it's sort of like they're not they're not really a part of you. You can sort of just like close your eyes and look up a little bit and you can see all the ones there that you're just like, Oh yeah, that one's not that great. Mm. And it's just like a it's like changing a fuse, it's like click one out, click another one in. Mm. Like, see how that goes. Is that giving you the most amount of power? Or is it a faulty fuse? Yeah. Do you need to change it out? It's like sometimes it, it like I said, sometimes they change by themselves. Mm. Yeah, sometimes it's just like a click click it's like it's it's the it's your train of thought in stillness that can really change those beliefs Mm. but if you're not allowing yourself to sit in stillness it's like well when is your when are your thoughts going to have the space and the time 
and the focus and the intention to actually change the belief that you know you need to change. Mm. Yeah. 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 100%. Stillness or being guided by people like yourself mm. and getting those mentors that can get you to that place um, in in a an active awoken state where you where you're completely awake and aware yeah. um yeah there's a couple of ways to get there and uh you got to explore them 100 percent. yeah what do you feel like has been the biggest shift for you or maybe there's a couple of things that has allowed you to be the man that you are today because mm. I can sit here and be like, oh, well, breathwork sounds like it's been one of the biggest things for you, but that's just from an external point of view. I'm sure mm. there's been like, yeah, other things or whether they're like, you know, maybe it's like a small daily habit or, you know, we've spoken about the mouth tape and stuff like that. Mm. I didn't realize you've been doing that for years. Mm. Like, you know, I've been doing it for a month maybe now and Incredible, I've hey? changes in a month. I'm like, you've been doing it for years? Yeah. Like, holy shit so I would love to hear like yeah what do you feel like are the biggest shifts you've, you've had over the last yeah let's say 12 months we'll keep with that theme yeah wow um, over the last 12 months I think I've I've really given more respect to to roles that the man and the woman plays and I know that's a huge thing that you know that you teach and uh, and <laughs> provide the, the understanding and, and learning around is um, how important it is to be so grounded in exactly as you are, uh, what you are. And um, a lot of really, really beautiful power comes from that, comes from that when you know your role in, in relationships are, are fantastic to be able to explore these. But even if you're, even if you're not in a relationship, um, just understanding what the role of a man or a woman has done, always has done, and always has done because it serves the communities, the tribes, the the society, um, the workplace, the the earth so well. So last 12 months, that's been a big one, recognizing and appreciating myself as a man and also my partner as a woman, appreciating Brianna, Brianna as the woman that she is and, and the roles that she not only loves but thrives and is so great in. Um, so that's been a big one. And... What other? Hmm. Have you got an example of you speaking on the roles that the man plays and the roles that, yeah, like Brianna plays? Have you got an example of what that looks like in your dynamic? Because I imagine it, and I would know that it's completely different to. Grace and I, mm-hmm. in terms of our relationship dynamic, because we have we have a daughter mm. as well, so that also plays a huge role in our relationship and how we've moved from you know the first stages of our relationship where Luna wasn't born yet to now where we are now, 
where we've got an almost two-year-old that feels like a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so I would love to hear, like, yeah, your view on the roles that, yeah, we'll put the focus on you, like the role that you've played and the roles that you take on as a man. It's mm. a really good question. And it's ridiculous the amount of controversy that comes with the question mm. and with the answers. And I think it's it's disappointing that there's so much controversy and it's disappointing that there's so much resistance to the answers that we have around this that, that a lot of a lot of the answers we, we would very much share mm. and a lot of misunderstanding. Um, I've I've recognized how how beautiful a traditional uh, relationship can be. Yeah. <laughs> and that's going to trigger so many people. Yeah. But there's something very, very beautiful about it that myself and Brianna are only starting to realize the more we mature mm. and the more we commit to each other. We recognize that That, that we're so fantastic in, in our roles, which are Brianna is by nature the most nourishing and comforting and warming and, um, and soft and, uh, and caring person. And I can 100% say that in our relationship dynamic, she is more so all of that than I am. That doesn't mean that I can't be that. Yes. And this is, I feel like this is where there is misunderstanding. Yeah. And this is where there is, you know, I'm doing quote marks with my fingers, like controversy, if we can even call it that. Yeah. It's like, why wouldn't we just allow our women to be in the role that they are extremely good at. Yeah. Rather than, and this is also, rather than them thinking that they really need to have the stoicism and, and groundedness that, that you and I have, where we're just like so solid and we can provide that that stableness and that solidification that if there is some shakiness or there's some shit going on in the relationship or in the home, it's like, we provide that because that's what we're really fucking good at. But again, like you were about to say, that doesn't mean that we can't then be caring. Mm. And that doesn't mean that the woman can't then step into the role of, of being that that grounded individual that, that you and I might need mm. at times when we're feeling like we need to, to care and, and slow down and, and get a little bit softer, right? Mm, mm, 100%. Yeah. That's so well said. Yeah. I... It, it baffles me that there's that there is so much misunderstanding because the only place that we come from when we say these things is like we see the women in our relationships as like playing those roles so well because we recognize them as being so good at it mm. they're better than us and we yeah. love them so much for that yes and there's I, yeah, the 
Brianna brings to this relationship something that um, that I I could not do on my own. And if I was to do it on my own, it would be a complete. If that if I was how can I put this? If I was in a relationship, I feel like the best way for me to perform and 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 act as the the absolute highest version of myself i need there to be i need there to be that contrast of that contrast of softness and vice versa brianna i i can i can absolutely say this that without me things would be probably a bit messy um in in her life and without her i would need a heck of a lot more nourishment from other sources mm. so it's it's a challenging one to talk about man it's challenging because not because i don't want to hurt anyone's feelings i think think it's important that we move past that bullshit but it's challenging because there's still a lot of misunderstanding around the words that we use yeah and hmm yeah i hear what you're saying mm. of course it's like and and this is something that i speak on with my guys if they're not in a relationship but mm. they've been in relationships before right mm. and they've, they've come out of relationships and whatever has happened to, to allow the relationship to end, it's like, who cares? It's Now it's a question of what is your role now moving forward? And this is, just a, this is also another direction of relationships where there is also a little bit of misunderstanding around. It's like, what role do you need to play as a man now to attract that woman of your dreams into your mm. life? Mm. And the reason I say that there's a little bit of misunderstanding around that is because some men hear that and they go, oh, well, I need to make sure that I'm making a hell of a lot of money. I need to make sure that I'm physically shredded and ripped because our society now dictates that you will need to have a six-pack to attract a woman, which I think is just fucking bullshit. Mm. And you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that. All these expectations you place on yourself. And then you get into a relationship and the dynamic completely changes. Mm. And your role is completely different. And a lot of men do that and they freak the fuck out because... They've also got into a relationship with a woman who has been single and they've played a role that is completely independent in their life and mm. you come together and it's guaranteed your roles are going to change. Yes. There is no way in my personal belief, there is no way that a man and a woman can get into a relationship together and continue playing the exact same roles they were playing as a single human being. Because when you come into a relationship dynamic, it's like you said, Brianna is really good at what she's really good at, the yeah. softness and the nurturing. So, like, she will continue playing that role. But maybe the role of her needing to, like, get shit done and, like, mm. go hard and keep the house in order and have lawns mowed and, like, that kind of thing that you and I would love to do. Mm. She doesn't need to do that anymore. Mm. So then she can take that metaphorical hat off and then get a better hat and a more time and space for that hat to put into the nurturing side mm. and it's like 
when you get into that relationship, you're both there to help each other. Like, there's no there's no competition in in oh who can mow the lawns better, mm. or who can do the dishes better. It's like I actually really enjoy doing the dishes, mm. and I've <laughs> said to Grace, I'm like, I do the dishes. Mm. Like that's me. Yeah. If the dishes pile up, that's on me. Like, yeah. Don't you do the dishes? That that is on me. Like I'm doing it. Like, yeah. Picking up dog shit. I'm like, that's me. Yeah. Like, I'm doing that. And there'll be times where Grace will ask me, like, it'll be like nine o'clock at night and we'll take the dogs out before we go to bed. So I can be taking the dogs out. I'm like, ah, oh wait, no, that's me. That's my <laughs> role. Like I do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, mm. it's, but beforehand, like if there's been relationship and I'll say this cause Grace and I have spoken about this so much in terms of past relationships where it's it's actually really scarily different when you meet someone who wants you to play your role versus wanting to play all the roles mm-hmm. and like changing hats over and swapping all the time and not knowing who plays what role and there just being a lot of confusion and then that seeps into every single other fucking area of the relationship where then you don't know if it's like time to connect and you don't know if it's like time to be intimate or and then the sex just gets real shit and like it's clunky and you don't know who's playing what mm-hmm. role in sex mm-hmm. and all of that kind of dynamic so I'm yeah. supposed to like to tie all that up in a nice pretty ribbon yeah it's like if you've got a partner and you're in a relationship right now and they're really good at things like make that known yes and they might really appreciate it to hear what they're really good at yeah like 100% and then for men listening to this because this podcast is mainly under men mm. start fucking owning what you're really good at mm. like if you're really good at mowing the lawns fucking tell your partner that you are the one that mows the lawns mm. and make it fucking really fun mm. like anyone listening to this who's a man who mows the lawns uh, message me because I expect your lawns to be fucking pristine after <laughs> listening to this send podcast send some photos in. yeah send yeah. some photos in please yeah man you speak very well about this and it's it makes sense because with your events it's a lot around relationships and, and the dynamics so um, I'm glad you express more on that because I haven't spoken a whole lot about it but I know what I I know what I uh, see as healthy beneficial and strong for a relationship um, so it's great that you you expanded on that um, and just one little thing that, that I wanted to to add to that was it's okay to have those conversations about what one likes to do and what would prefer to do over the other um, and yeah uh, and Brianna and I have had that. Like, what do you like to do? What, what is it that you feel you not only like to do, but you're really good at it and you know that you're really good at it um, and, and vice versa. So the communication around what we feel we need to do in a relationship is important. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you expanded on that because you spoke <laughs> as, uh, as someone who's done it before. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> that. Well, I would love to ask you this question now because I ask I've asked a few guests this uh, at the end of our podcast, and I used to ask a different question. It was like, "What's something that people might not know about you?" But then the whole podcast is basically what people might not know about <laughs> you. So, uh, the question now that I want to ask you is: If you could have dinner with anybody, mm. dead or alive, 
can be a fictional character as well. So if you want to have dinner with like you know uh, Henry Cavill's Superman, then mm-hmm. say that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who would you have dinner with and why? Man, all right, I'm gonna give two answers. I know it's a bit sneaky, but maybe one could be brunch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll do. The brunch will be. It's got to be with my dad. Um, who, yeah, it's got to be with my dad who, who passed away in 2012. And so I haven't been able to communicate with him, um, in this reality anyway, I haven't been able to communicate with him as the man I'm, I'm turning into and the man I'm growing up to be. So to, to speak about just whatever with him at this age, that would just be, I'd take that over any over anyone in the world um, because I know he was a very 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 intelligent grounded and proactive man I know that much and that's even just me growing up as a, as a little kid and seeing how he goes about his life and um, just seeing the, the 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 strength behind everything that he did do I would love to be able to talk about about that with him. So that that'll be the brunch, the brunch for that day. That's and then the dinner has got to be at this stage. Do you know Jacob Collier? I've heard the name. Oh, man, the name rings a bell. Yeah. Is he an author? He's a musician. He's a musician. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, purely because he is the best performer I've ever seen in my life, um, and he shows up as nothing and you, you just know this by watching him he shows up as nothing but what you know Jacob Collier is and um, we Brianna and I saw him um, about a month ago saw him perform live and it was just like the most inspiring and uh, and moving performance yeah maybe that's I've where you saw your, it I've seen your stories like yeah that. yeah yeah it was like, so talented yeah the crowd was like the whole crowd was singing. Mm. It was beautiful. Yeah, I must have seen your stories. That's yeah. why I feel like I've got the name. Yeah, very moving. Very, very moving and emotional and just uh, insane amounts of, of talent. And um, he has... He, he gives incredible credit and love for those that are that are a part of it. Love that. And so that really, like... I'm about that. Fuck yeah. Mm. What would be the first question you would ask him? And what would be the first him? question? Yeah, first question you would ask your dad, and first, or what? What would be a question you would love to ask your dad and Jacob Collier? Mm. Question that I would love to ask my dad would be. I would love to hear what his what his intentions were behind all of the so he did performing he he directed plays he he was coaching people in business I I found out and I have all these like files that he that he had and he he was a business owner and an entrepreneur of his own and he was he was helping people build their businesses and I would love to know what his motivations behind that was and what he saw being the 
the bigger picture to it all and and why all that work sort of mattered. I would love to hear in his words what that is. And for Jacob Collier, I think it's got to be something around his creativity and how and how he how he commits to his creativity and maybe if there was any if there was ever any resistance to to his expression around how creative and out there and wild he is and then maybe if there was ever any resistance what did he do to to just like show up yeah as I mentioned before as nothing but Jacob Collier um I feel like some some wisdom around that would be awesome for me and and a lot of people yeah yeah just hearing you say that I'm like yeah I want to know (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure Mm. beautiful I love that man Mm. this has been so great I love sitting down for this chat it's been awesome for Anybody listening who, uh, yeah, maybe has questions for, for Ollie or even myself, please feel free to reach out. You know, it's pretty, I think we made it pretty obvious that we love having uh, a conversation about many a thing and Ollie is absolutely adept to answer questions about pretty much anything. And if he doesn't know something, he'll tell you. He's, He's that very kind of, he's that guy who's absolutely works from a place of integrity like we spoke about at the start of this episode. So if you're interested in doing some some work with Ollie, some some of his breath work that we spoke about at the start of this episode, I'll chuck his Instagram handle in the show notes below. Reach out to him. Uh, it's absolutely something I'm going to be doing and I'm going to hold my hold myself to my word for that. So as soon as I hit stop on this uh, on this episode, we'll be making sure we book that in. <laughs> but for others that might be interested, yeah, I'll chuck Ollie's uh, Instagram below. You can reach out to him and check out his stuff as well. I love I love watching Ollie's content as well. He's got some some really good stuff over on his socials. So make sure you check him out. But yeah, thanks for jumping on, brother. Thanks, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. My pleasure as well, man. Thank you very much for tuning in, guys. And I'll speak to you next time. Peace out.